Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Football Social Daily. Premier League Update. Hello, this is Football Social Daily, a daily Premier League podcast with all the latest news, views and opinions from the best football league in the world. If you've heard this before, you probably know that. And if it's your first time, make sure you click subscribe or click follow however you listen to your podcasts. And we'll give you a little nudge whenever there is a new show available, which is every single day during the Premier League season. For today's podcast, we've got Marley Anderson. Hello. Hello, Marley. And we've got Steve McNaughton in the Sports Social Studio. Greetings, boys. Hello, Steve. So on today's podcast, here's what we've got coming up. In praise of Sergio Aguero, the Argentinian is breaking all kinds of records at the moment. Has there ever been a more reliable striker in the Premier League? We'll find out. And whilst we're still in the January transfer window, we'll do our best to keep you abreast of all the latest rumours and gossips and deals and duds, everything to do with transfer news and gossip coming up towards the end of this podcast as well. But before we do, we've had a message into the Sports Social Twitter account. If you want to follow us on Twitter, by the way, it's at the Sports Social. And this message is from Chama underscore Lubanza. Hmm. And he says, oh, I wonder what this is. As a tribute to the excellent work Nigel Pearson has done so far... Can anyone please make Marley spend five minutes on the next podcast congratulating him, especially as Marley thought the appointment was absolutely crazy? Well, that someone happens to be me. So, yeah, Marley, I mean, we're not going to make you do five minutes because no one wants to hear Marley talking about five minutes for anything. (laughs) So instead, I'm going to give you 60 seconds, Marley, to sing the praises of Nigel Pearson. I've got a minute on the clock. Are you ready? Yeah, go on then. Okay, uh, Marley in praise of Pearson. Starts now. Right. Start off, I still can't stand the man. I cannot <laughs> stick him. He's just a horrible person. However, the job he's done at Watford is excellent because I think the way Watford were going, you know, the last couple of managers have been, um, at the risk of sounding xenophobic, they've been foreign managers who've tried to play Got proper... Like, 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 yeah, like, like all like tactical stuff and they've they've been too... Too tactical for a relegation battle, and, and this, the reality is they've been in one from the start of the season. So when they put Kike Sanchez Flores back in, he was trying to to you know fancily play his way out. What you need in this situation is grit and determination and a bit of backbone. And a sort of old fashioned English manager has come in and given that, and that's what they've been. That's why they've been so good over the last uh, four or five games, whatever it's been. I think they won four out of the last five. Um, everyone's scoring. He's made Ismail Assar look like a, a footballer yeah. when he's been. He was awful towards the start of the season. Complete waste of money. He looked like, um, but he's he's starting to score. They've started. You know, they've won that sixth 
Six-pointer. That's, that's your minute, Marley. Very good. Well done. Good, thank God more for that. criticising Watford's previous appointments than praising well, the current one and Nigel Pearson. Sorry, mate, that's all you're getting. But, I mean, you look at Nigel Pearson at the moment, and we'll talk a minute about the job he's done at Vicarage Road, because I was 100% with you when they made yeah. the appointment. I kind of saw him in that old mould of footballing dinosaur, jumping up and down and shouting a little bit. So his success at Watford, is it because... Actually, he's not that kind of manager, and maybe we're doing him a little bit of a disservice by not giving him the credit he deserves. Or is it that Watford have a certain type of player, I'm talking like the Troy Deenies of this world, mm. that just happen to react to a bit of an old-school manager? It Maybe, yeah. Um, you know, like I, like I said, you know, if you're going to be fighting at the bottom of the league, you want players like Troy Deeney. If you're going to start, you know, playing fancy systems and short-passing football, it's probably not to Deeney's... Uh, strengths. So if you if you're playing slightly more direct, slightly more in your face, he's he becomes a a player who's as hard to deal with as anyone. Really, mm. he'll fight for everything. If you give him the chance to fight for something, he'll 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 batter any centre back pretty much. Um, physically, you know you've been in a game against him, and the likes of him, you know, um, Dakure is starting to really flourish as well. I think he's got two goals in his yeah. last two. All of a sudden, he looks like the type of player that was linked with PSG when. Uh, Watford had that good run to the uh, last season to the FA Cup final and what have you, and all of a sudden Pereira starts playing. De, De La Feu was probably the the brightest spark before uh, Pearson came in. He's starting to look like a a threat again, um, and the and the back four looks uh, looks more solid than it ever did. But even still, when they lost Cabaselli as well. Even with the turnaround and even with Watford looking like a team, it feels like Pearson is a short term option, doesn't it? That kind of manager that goes in and gets that reaction doesn't seem to ever be there for the long term. It's not We're not in the era of when Martin O'Neill was kind of <laughs> making his players run through walls for eight seasons competitively. It doesn't seem to have that long-lasting effect now as a manager. Yeah. Um, well, time will tell. The last time Pearson uh, saved the team from relegation, they won the league next year. So just to be safe, I'm putting <laughs> a few quid. I'm putting a fiver on Watford winning the Premier League next year. Um, just to be just to cover myself. Um I'll take but, that bet, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so will anyone. Uh, but we'll see, won't we? The, the proof's going to be in the pudding. Like, how long How long does this last? Until he loses four games and he gets sacked. There you go. Because that's what the Watford board do, isn't and it? And then I yeah. get I get back on Twitter and start giving it large. He was never that good. <laughs> yeah. When you look at the managers that are coming this season, and it has been a bit of a merry-go-round already in terms of managerial appointments, no doubt we're going to see more with... I mean, <clears> after the weekend, I think Villa are going to start questioning Dean Smith and whether he is a future Aston Villa... I think probably Daniel Farker at Norwich City is safe this season, no matter mm. what happens. But we've had Ancelotti at Everton. We've had Moyes at West Ham. I'm going to put Steve Bruce in there as well because he was kind of a summer appointment that no one maybe expected, but as a new manager. Mikel Arteta at Arsenal. Jose Mourinho at Tottenham. Who's had the best and who's had the worst starts? Let's take Pearson out of it because I think he's probably had the most successful new manager start out of any of the appointments. That's a tough question, actually. Because they've all had ups and downs so far. Ancelotti yeah. has begun to get some stick already at Everton. David Moyes, it's probably a little bit early to say how he's doing at West Ham, but the loss at the weekend to Sheffield United in the next 10 games. I mean, they were unlucky to lose that at the weekend, though. Let's not not talk about the handball. Let's not get there. Steve Bruce has done all right at at, at Newcastle, probably more Mm. than people have expected. Mikel Arteta's having an effect at Arsenal already. Jose Mourinho's had an inauspicious start at Spurs, I think you'd have to say. It's not working at Spurs. But I think... I think Steve Bruce, has, for me, I think has surpassed all expectations this season. I think, I mean, Christ, the amount of bad luck Newcastle have had with injuries is just mm-hmm. 
insane. And I think, I hope that the good start that Steve Bruce has had this season, I hope that, you know, Mike Ashley and co do release some funds for him to, to uh, you know, arrest that, that slump, really. Um, because I think if he does bring some players and some bodies in, I think, you know, they'll, they'll be all right, Newcastle. But when he's down to, I mean, he was down to the bare bones before the weekend, wasn't he? You know, and he's had another couple of injuries, yeah. you know, picked up. So, you know, he's going to be kind of pulling from that under-23s team, isn't he? And using some of the reserve team. And I think, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, like I said at the start of the season, I, don't, I didn't want Newcastle to go down. I, pick, I picked them to go down because of the Steve Bruce appointment. But I've been pleasantly surprised by him. I think some of the signings are working, you know, quite well when they fit. I think it's fair to say. Um, Almiron's starting to score now. Yeah, and he, another good goal at the weekend. I mean, I was someone who, who written him off because obviously... It's, uh, probably, it's one of the best goals we've scored all season, that, to be fair. Yeah. In terms of like movement and players linking up with each other, we mm. won it back high up the pitch and had a bit of cutting edge, which was really nice to see. Yeah. And then we conceded from a corner. Five and he's got a great so. attitude, Almiron. Even when he's been struggling, you know, when he's not been getting them assists or scoring them goals and people have actually been putting that magnifying glass on him and going, actually... Yeah. We might have a player here who's not equipped for the like Premier League. It's too early to say that. Well, he's... Is it, what is he, a year and a half in, something like that? 18 months. 18 now, months yeah. in. But it's too so... early to say whether this turnaround sorry, a no, of goals is uh... scored, is it? I think he'll be all it's right. It's a year, sorry. Yeah. It's a year. I think he'll be all right. I think he'll, now that he's finding his feet and he's getting himself into positions where he can smash the ball in, because both of them he smashed them in, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, with his weaker foot at the weekend as well. Yeah, Don't so, it, you know, it's all positive, but. I think Steve Bruce, with what he's managing, he's got Mike Ashley above him for the start. He's got a fan base that that do expect, uh, you know, a, mm. a degree of success. Um, and I think that he's been ravaged. I mean, ravaged by by you know muscular injuries and and, and bad little knocks and stuff like that that have, have ransacked his team. And I think you know to be to be doing what he's doing, I think you know he, he's probably got to get a pat on the back for that. Are we gonna have a rare bit of praise for Steve Bruce from Marley on the podcast? <laughs> um. It's difficult when it's your own know. team, though, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like to answer your que- to answer your sort of question, it's hard to see who's had the best impact because Bruce has been there the longest, so we've mm. got a, a genuine sort of feel of how we how he's doing. He's doing like slightly better than expected. However, what we're doing on the pitch is very easy to to sort of thwart. Like if you score against us first. You, we're going to struggle to get back in the game because uh, we, we only do one thing and that's invite pressure onto us and try and counter and when we haven't got the players to counter like St Maximan for example um, we, we, we look a lot less threatening um, but out of everyone I'd I, I know, I think Arteta's going to do the best. I was going to say, I think Arteta, yeah. for me, there, there's like, already really positive signs there at Arsenal that seem to suggest he is going to have a longer-term impact. It's yeah, just a class act, that's I think. What I, that's, that's the guy I think is going to turn it around the most, as where Arsenal were compared to where Arsenal are. When he gets a full season in the summer, like two, he's going to have two transfer windows behind him by the time next season uh, starts. He's going to have that William Saliba, the defender from San Etienne, coming in and actually... Being part of his squad, so I that, forgot about him. They signed yeah. him last summer, didn't they? Yeah, but they, they, as part of it, they had to loan him back. Um, that's the only deal. And San, he's doing San all right in France as well, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah, so he might be a big signing for them. Um, we'll see what happens with everyone else in terms of like Ozil and and what have you. All these uh, all these potential ins and outs, but I think he's going to turn it around the most. Um, Bruce, I'd agree with that. Bruce won't get any better than he is now. I don't think. With a fit, fully fit squad, he's going to be doing what he's doing, isn't he? Yeah, our, our results. We, I think, what are we now? Thirteenth. We are probably the thirteenth best team in the league. Mm. Like we're not, go- we're not, we're not going to threaten the top ten with the way we play and the, the bodies we've got. So, 
and there's no guarantee that we're going to sign anyone in terms of you know funds Mike Ashley's going to release and what have you. I think it'd be criminal not to back Steve Bruce in this window, considering the the injuries that Newcastle have got. Well, it's, been, it's yeah. been there for years, yeah. though, hasn't it? Like but, we've always needed investment to move on to the next level, and he's not giving it because he's happy as long as we're not going down. I'd, and I'd, you know, and it, that's the whole thing. That's I mean, Ashley, by the way. It is. I think I agree with Arteta. I think. Arteta just personifies the modern football manager for me. You know, he gets it yeah. when you talk when he's talking to the press. You know, he's engaging. <coughs> what he's saying makes a lot of sense. He's not coming out with any bizarre sound bites or anything like mm. that. And I think the 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 Aubameyang red card at the weekend. You know, he, he held his hands up in his conference and apologized for it. And I think that was quite refreshing to see. So you know, even I, I'm kind of rooting for him in a way. You know, that, that he does I get hope, it I right as well. And, and I his think hair is immaculate. Well, speaking hair. to someone who uh, you know put like a, a fusion pro glide across his head last night, <laughs> <laughs> you know like, I admire anyone's hair. <laughs> I'd even have Marley's look at that. Wow! Right, Jesus <laughs> Christ, where did that come from? Undoubtedly, the big story that we need to talk about from the weekend is Sergio Aguero becoming the highest scoring overseas player ever in the Premier League. We'll talk about that very shortly on Football Social Daily, and we'll take a dive into the murky world of football transfers as well with the latest gossip from the back stages of the paper. Stay there. We'll do that in a second. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Welcome back. Football Social Daily. And the big story from this weekend was undoubtedly Manchester City popping six past Aston Villa, who were not their best by any means. But let's not take anything away from Manchester City's performance or the performance of Sergio Aguero, who scored his 12th hat-trick and his 177th goal in the Premier League, making him the most prolific overseas player of all time in the Premier League, beating Terry Henry to that record in less games as well. So we're going to welcome in a Manchester City fan here, Manchester City supporter, podcast regular and Sergio Aguero fanboy. Ant McGinley is joining us on the phone for this one. Hello, Ant. Hey, Oh, I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. Where are you getting the tattoo? (laughs) You know what? There's only one place you can get a Sergio Aguero tattoo, and it has to be on your calves, in honour of that man's humongous calves. He has calf muscles like most people have thighs. They're ridiculously huge. Um, Absolutely love the guy. And you have to remember as well that um, a lot of people, everybody remembers that goal he scored um, at the end of the season in the last second uh, to win us the, our first Premier League title. But what some people forget was that was his debut season for Manchester City as well. And so he scored in the last few seconds of it. He also came on, started that season late. Uh, Mancini brought him over and didn't think he was fully fit. And so he made his debut, came on for the last half hour against Swansea, scored two goals then and hasn't really stopped. And the, the amazing thing about it is as well, do you know how many games he's missed because of injury? No, goal. 70. He, he's missed 70 Premier League games. He's, had, he's been out five times with his knees, four times with his hamstrings, a couple of other injuries as well that have come along. He's he even, always has Christmas two, off, doesn't he? He's, he's, had, he's, had two, he's had two car crashes as well. Uh, <laughs> One in Amsterdam, uh, I think it was the beginning of last season, which led to him uh, breaking a rib and missing missing again. And he had a, he actually had a crash earlier this season, although I think he managed to avoid injury. He needs um, to stop going joyriding with Prince Philip, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit worried when you said there was only one place to get a Sergio Aguero tattoo because I thought it was going to be down your back with the O. 
<laughs> being titrated <laughs> by a particular part of your body. I mean, there's this thing that goes around Manchester City fans particularly who say Sergio Aguero is criminally underrated and it normally goes hand in hand with the term anti-Manchester City agenda and people wearing tinfoil hats. But can we accept that Sergio Aguero actually is slightly underrated as a Premier League player? He's been in the Premier League team of the season once since he's come to England. I think yeah, anyone right. who under, underrates Aguero is is on glue, <laughs> uh, because he's just absolutely phenomenal, and I think he walks into any team in the Premier League, uh, despite what some of the pundits said over the weekend. And I think he's a joy to watch as a player, and he deserves all the plaudits that, that are coming his way. Is he the greatest Premier League striker of all time? Yes. No. Okay, and you can have the deciding <laughs> vote here. Then we can just move on without discussing it. <laughs> Let me think. I'm going to go yes. So, what, sure, what do you think, Jim? Because you can even this out. Well, I know you're 100% going for Alan Shearer. Obviously. The greatest Premier League striker. Great of all penalty time. taker. Great penalty taker. Are you suggesting that's. Oh, the, his record was propped up with penalties. I wouldn't suggest. If you take his 53 penalties out, he's still 20 goals uh, clear of everyone else. Right, what I am. So, can, I, can I just throw into the, the mix here, just seeing as it's quite tight, let's spread the net a little wider and look at their records elsewhere. Now, um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but Alan Shearer doesn't have an Olympic gold medal, or indeed, did he uh, win the under twenty? Well, does does Sergio Aguero have an Intertoto Cup? (laughs) (laughs) We can all make up bollocks things, and come on. I mean, to to be fair as well, Alan Shearer couldn't have played in the Olympics. Exactly. (laughs) If he'd stuck around long enough, he he could have played with Mika Richards in the 2012, uh, and uh, and had a pop then. Um, What in Team GB? Aguero's also done it for Independiente and also Atletico as well. And obviously, uh, the other thing about um, Aguero is he, he's done several things that link him to Diego Maradona, apart from being Argentinian. Um, he broke uh, Maradona's record of being the youngest ever player to play in the Primera Division. He made his debut at 15 years and 35 days old. And then when he moved to Atletico, his first goal uh, for Atletico was in typical Maradona style. Do you want to take a guess how? Handball. Handball. Yes, <laughs> yeah. completely. <laughs> and then, uh, but the thing is, usually in this situation, if somebody's breaking all your records, you might get a little bit jealous. But instead, Maradona said, you know what? Marry my daughter. That didn't work out. But uh, he, he was married to Diego Maradona's daughter while Diego was in charge of the national side. However, he's never really sort of become a regular fixture for the Argentinian national side. But still, he's scoring a goal almost every other game when he does play for Argentina as well. I think it's undoubted that he is one of the greats of all time. And it's very difficult to compare him to Alan Shearer because they're very different players. I, I, didn't, hear, different I didn't hear anything in Ant's <laughs> argument then to suggest he was better than Alan Shearer. Like... Shearer didn't do it for Independiente because he didn't play for them. <laughs> he did it for Blackburn because he played for them. He did uh, Atletico penalties well. for Blackburn as well. Yeah. So but Aguero took a lot of, quite a lot of penalties for uh, Man City. He's missed a few as well. How many hat-tricks has uh, Shearer got? Yeah, not as many as Aguero, but how many goals has Aguero got? Not as many as Shearer. One of the interesting things from yesterday... Aguero's still playing, though. I mean, that's, so? that's a question. Will Aguero get anywhere near no. Alan Shearer's goal total? So Aguero's on... 177, did we say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shearer's on 260. Then you got Rooney, 208. Then you got Andy Cole, 187. Rooney's within reach, but Alan Shearer, he's never going to get to 260 goals now, is no. he, Sergio? Not a level of penalties. Particularly he's when scored. he leaves at the end of the season. <laughs> he's still only 31, remember? 
and he's done that across nine seasons. So you would you would need to have two really good seasons at least, well, two fantastic seasons to get close to that. And I think he's made it clear uh, that he, he does want to move. I think there's an expectation that he will go, if not at the end of this season, at the end of next season. Um, he does want to go back and play in Argentina again. But then we can't really complain. If he wanted to, if he wants to go right now, I, I think we'd still go, mate, thanks very much. See you later. You've done an amazing job. I think there's some really interesting things that have come out of his relationship with Pep Guardiola as well since he came to the club. And if you were watching Match of the Day last night, Mika Richards, who was obviously there when Sergio Aguero joined, talked about how lazy he was as a player in training mm. in those first few seasons. And obviously when Guardiola came in, there was all these rumours that Aguero wasn't his type of player, didn't work enough on the pitch or on the training ground to make it into his team. There's been a complete 360 on that now. Mm. And he is so important to Pep Guardiola and is, to Guardiola and Aguero's credit, a completely different player. Yeah, completely. And at the time that Guardiola came in, obviously he wielded the axe and got rid of a lot of players, a lot of players that were nailed on first on the team sheet, uh, including Joe Hart, most famously at all. And there was a lot of talk that it was going to be Aguero was next. And we weren't sure how we felt about that as fans because Aguero is part of the history, he's part of the infrastructure of the club really now because of uh, how important he's been to us as a player, but Guardiola came in with this new method, this new belief that the city, the club had been building towards for such a long time, and it was it was like a soap opera for a while because you were reading into everything. Like you know, does this mean he's out? Does this mean he's not in? Neither of them looked happy with each other, and I think Aguero's attitude was like, well, "What's the problem? I'm still scoring." But Pep, being the perfectionist that he is, is he wanted more. He wanted more from his players, and you see that now. You will see Aguero coming back and making tackles in the fullback position. You will see him, you know, clearing on the edge of the area and then popping up and still scoring. Mm. And he's. I think it's not a case of Guardiola having won the argument. I just think it's the case of um, Sergio thought he was on top of his game, and Pep came along and said to him. I can make you better. There's a bit of a disagreement. And I think Sergio has seen that Pep was right and Pep has got more and more out of him. And who knows? Like, if Pep stays, if Aguero stays, the, the, the amount of goals that this team gets generally, I don't know if Aguero will score more goals at any other club. I'll tell you what, one thing that stands out to me is I saw a list of stats and it just it just reads incredibly impressively. 177 Premier League goals, 17 headed goals, so he's behind Shearer there, obviously, because yeah. Shearer scored every single one of his goals with his head. Yeah. Uh, one chested goal, 126 right-footed goals, 33 left-footed goals, and this so is what I footed. like. And more Premier League hat-tricks than Cristiano Ronaldo, Eric Cantona, Dennis Bergkamp, Daniel Sturridge, Jurgen Klinsmann, Gianluca Vialli, Louis Sahar, Dirk Kuyt, Robert Perez and Samuel Eto'o combined. Wow, you just named 11 players who scored one hat-trick there, haven't you? <laughs> That's exactly what you've done. I think undoubtedly one of the Premier League greats, but maybe not quite as good the as The fact Alan that Louis Sahar was in there, and I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> he only played three and a half minutes. Mark <laughs> Noble, Julian Dix, Joe Hart. Uh, and <laughs> Cheers very much for coming on and praising Louis. Nice and, one, mate. And praising Sergio for us. I'm off to get a tattoo. See you yeah, later. go and do it. <laughs> right, let's move on. Transfer news. We'll wrap up the podcast with this because we're halfway through the window now and there hasn't been any big moves yet. We haven't really seen Joking much out, yeah. going on. Takumi Minamano. 
Haven't been any big moves. <laughs> so let's look at some 13 of the gossip. days in and still can't, Steve still can't pronounce his name. Right? Oh, yeah. Minamuno. Oh, yeah, Minamino. So the back page of the paper, we're going to start with Tottenham Hotspur midfielder Christian Eriksen. His contract is up in the summer and apparently he's agreed a four and a half year deal with Inter Milan to move in the summer. This is according to La Gazzetta della Sport, which is obviously 100% reliable. That's uh, Italian for bollocks. <laughs> never, <laughs> never leads people astray. So Spurs want 17 million quid for him. That's what they're saying to get rid of in January. And supposedly he wants to... I mean, if you're Christian Eriksen, we've had this discussion before. Why would you move in January when you can move in a few months' time mm. and get a massive signing-on fee and a bigger contract and have the pick of clubs across Europe rather than someone who's willing to spend 17 million quid now... When Only they don't, for when it they to can, go to the yeah. club rather than... Yeah, because yeah. he, might might. he might get a winner's medal instead of Serie A winner's medal this season, if he yeah. goes. Didn't that be enough for him at this point? And I'm pretty sure financially he'd be well looked after for signing now. They're in sort of transition, aren't they? They've sort of just been big on Lukaku and uh, got a few few new players over the summer. New got a new system. Obviously, Conte was probably weren't cheap himself, never, mm. mind, uh, never mind the playing staff. He wasn't for Chelsea. I know, yeah. cost Chelsea 26 million to get rid of him, I think, mm. wasn't and it? And his team, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like you say, it makes no sense going now. Just hang on for either team because I think Spurs could really do with hanging on for him. For the, even if it's, I mean, 17 yeah. million quid is a lot of money. If you're going to modern re- football, it's not as much money as maybe those that Champions League place yeah. potentially could get you. If you're going to leave Spurs, the best way to leave them is is it the season when <laughs> the best way to leave ago. in terms of fans is like leave at the end of the season if you've got them into fourth and helped be part of that then that sort of counteracts the the fan negativity that'll, that'll he's getting come. booed already isn't he yeah sometimes it's just a bit like he's give a lot to the club he's, he doesn't need to stay but if he did it's the perfect way to to bow out kind of thing in terms mm. of like keeping you um sort of le- almost legendary cult hero kind of status but for Spurs as well, if if you're going to replace Ericsson, you're not going to do it in January because you've got two weeks to scout, talk to, negotiate and everything. You, you're going to do it in the summer. If you start scouting now, you know he's leaving in the summer, then you'll have a ready-made replacement ready to come in in June or July. So it's simple to, to just hang on to him. It's best for all parties, I think. One of the big rumours that I think has implications outside of Spain, and this is from Catalan radio station RAC1 are reporting this one. Barcelona have apparently approached Mauricio Pochettino about him coming in as the new manager of Barcelona. Now, obviously, this is a Premier League podcast. The implications here are for Manchester United because the general assumption is right now that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will continue till the end of the season, continue to the summer. And Pochettino will be the man in waiting to just step into that role. Mm. Yeah. But if I mean, if there is one club that can compete with the size of the job compared to Manchester United, it has to be. I mean, it's Real Madrid and Barcelona, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And you'd fancy yeah. Barcelona would have enough pulling power to get Pochettino across. So where does that leave Manchester United and their plans going forward? Well, I think it's twofold, really, isn't it? The first thing is that um, it'd be a massive blow to United and but it would be the price for, for fannying about for fair use of a word, you know what I mean? Uh, you know you know he's available. The guy is up for doing an, another job somewhere. He has said to the press on, what, two or three occasions, hasn't he, that, yeah, he's, he's ready for his next challenge. Um, if you if you dither and you miss the opportunity to, to a point, you've only got yourselves to blame. Mm. I think 
Man United's fan base will go absolutely nuts about it if that happens. Not that they've got any right to assume that he's coming in, but you know, you put two and two together, don't you? And it's a good fit. Well, you assume uh, if he does go to Barcelona, then the there was never the intention. Because if if the intention from Manchester United is to get Pochettino at the end of the season, surely that would be. I say surely. I mean, this is this is using proper logic rather than Manchester United logic. You'd have that sewn up now. That would be in place. Yeah, you'd have it's, a retainer or something, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah. Or you'd some sort of deal in place. Or you just sack Ollie. Yeah. You know, it, that, that's the, I mean, some of the stuff he's saying in the media, if you're a Man United fan and you're hearing that, you know, especially, the, did you hear about him yeah. saying about, you know, Man City's team in the Carabao Cup and that shows how much they respect us and all that? That was you're, unbelievable. You're Manchester United, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, one, you know, arguably the biggest club in the world. Um, the you thing- say arguably because I'm a Liverpool fan, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but secondary, you know, my second point on this is, that, you know, the, the Pochettino link with Espanyol is, is problematic for Barcelona as well. Mm. Uh, because he has kind of come out in the past and said that he'd never do it. So it'd take an awful lot for him to turn around and go, actually, now I will do it. So we'll, I, I think, you know, I'm very interested to watch how this pans out. Mm. I think the, the thing that baffles me about, about Solskjaer, just quickly on that on that point about the, uh, the Man City respect us, blah, blah, blah. He always talks about the good old times and how good Man, Man United were. We're Man United, we mm. should be, blah, blah, blah. It completely contradicts them. Contradicts himself by then saying, "Oh, look how good we are! They're playing their best team against us." I think there's that been a bit of that recently, though. He, like, yeah, he's he, got he's he's dithering back and forwards. Yeah. It's like pick a lane, mate. Like just stick to it. You can stick and say, "We used to be great, and we are great, and we still are fantastic. We still are one of the biggest clubs yeah, in the, the world." Core but then, are still but then don't not, go but... don't go out and say Man City respect us by playing the strongest team when mm. they didn't. They yeah. didn't even have a striker. That's <laughs> not <laughs> respect. I know. They had the second choice goalie who couldn't catch a cold, uh, and yeah. then they and then they played four false strikers and no strikers, which confused Phil Jones because he was like, "Oh, who do I mark?" <laughs> and then he was like, "Oh, oh, oh no, we're three 0 down at half time." Yeah, and then he's baffling. You know, he is, and then he's coming out and talking about someone talked about Liverpool's team, you know, the, the average age. And he said, "Well, well, ours is a year younger." Uh, it's like it's clutching at straws. It, it is, and completely. it's not what Man United want to hear. That's it. It doesn't feel know. like the future of that football club, no. and the fact that. Pochettino might go somewhere else that would cause me serious concern I think a lot of United fans are hanging on at the moment going it's alright yeah. we'll, in the summer we'll get Pochettino in and we'll do alright Man United that might the, not be the case the, the equivalent of a rugby league player getting an interception on your 10 yard line <laughs> running the length of the pitch and he's going to put it underneath the post and that for an easy conversion and he knocks on 5 yards <laughs> <Yeah>. out <laughs> you know, that's what, what, what they do everything they do at the moment is an absolute calamity yeah. and I think if Pochettino no does go elsewhere uh, because you know PSG will be in for him as well because I think Tuchel's going to uh, Bayern Munich who've got designs on, on mm. Tuchel if, in case Hansi Flick doesn't work out um, I, I, I just, I'd be staggered if they let that opportunity pass Let's talk about Chelsea who are apparently have made an inquiry about Brighton centre-back Lewis Dunk who would cost them £50 million We are now living in a world where Lewis Dunk is worth fifty million pounds? How exactly did this happen? This—it's crazy. This centre back, centre back seem very much in vogue right now. We've seen the big yeah. transfers of the it's likes the Harry of Maguire Van Dijk, effect, Maguire. Yeah, yeah. But there seems to be a few clubs with big budgets in for middling centre backs at the moment that they're willing to sign for huge amounts of money. I'm talking about Chelsea and Arsenal. Yeah. Both want centre backs, yeah. and they're talking about the likes of Tyrone Mings and Issa Diop. And now Ake Lewis as well. Dunk for yeah Ake quid. To be fair, if if Chelsea, it's sort of rumored that they've got a buyback clause of forty million. So why are you being linked with Lewis Dunk for fifty? 
It don't make any sense. I think it's Dunk's just the press. Cr- I do like Dunk. Yeah, he's a good player. 50 but million, Jesus. 28 years old. Yeah, that's... 28? Was, I was just no going to say caps. that. I was just going to say he's 28, so, you know, the 50 million, but it's it's the state of play, isn't it? You know, he's a big guy as well, you know. He's um, a big lump in it, yeah. He's a big lump. Heads everything. He's, um, you know, he's got a cut on the score sheet a couple of times in the Premier League this season, I think, as well. Mm. Um, but... I mean, Aki's the one. If Chelsea are going to sign anyone, it's, it's Aki. Yeah, um, he can play as well. He knows Chelsea. He can play football. If you're talking about building it from the back, mm, like Chelsea are yeah. sort of trying to put in, uh, well, even more than under Sarri. Mm. He's he's just a shoe in Like, yeah. just go and get him. He Bournemouth is. are going down. Bournemouth yeah. are an absolute bloody right mess at the minute. Don't, like, don't start an aisle on Bournemouth, by the way, who does the podcast. I know. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, his Twitter feed was don't, just like... You don't need to tell me, I need to sit next to him in the office. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, he's one of them centre-backs, who you say, I think you said in Vogue then, you know, with likes of Aki, you know, Lewis Dunk, Tyron Mings is another one who don't think will stay at Villa. I think mm. someone will eventually come in for him. Um, and, you is know, there just a dearth, is it like a commodities thing, that there's a dearth of good centre-backs at the moment, and so these centre-backs that you wouldn't class as being top of their game of being world class suddenly commanding world class fees maybe yeah if you look at the England squad who's who's England's starting centre backs you don't really know it's Maguire plus one yeah Stones is probably the one who's the, ahead but he's not been fit he's not been in form and then you look at so Mings has got Mings has got a chance and then <coughs> Fikayo Tomori at Chelsea's had yeah. a chance and then you've got the likes of Dunk not in the squad Adam Webster as well it's, um, Joe Gomez yeah Joe Gomez he's probably going to go to the Euros isn't he there you go well, I assume any side, any centre back signing coming into Chelsea as well would go into kind of a, a rotation as well because I don't seem to particularly, as you said, they got Tamori. Yeah, they they played Christensen and Rudiger at the struggling back, with a bit of fitness, but mm, it's a weird one. But if you're going to go and get someone, just go and get Ake. Yeah. He's the best of the best of the bunch, and he's probably the cheapest. If, mm. if and they've got the if, buyback. If Dunk's getting linked with fifty million, there are cheaper options, and you've you've already scouted him. Let's wrap up with Aston Villa, who. Jack Grealish is the man. There's the question marks over at the moment where he's going to go, if he's going to go somewhere, Man City and Manchester United both in contention for him at the moment. 24 years old. And I saw a comment that made me laugh at the weekend, which has nothing to do with his transfer. Was it by Andy Gray? No, it wasn't by Andy Gray. Oh, wait until you learn Andy Gray's one. Basically, the comment said that Jack Grealish is the type of person who gives his girlfriend a signed photo for Christmas. Sums him up absolutely yeah. perfectly. Um, I mean, he is undoubtedly one of the talents in English football mm-hmm. at yeah. the moment. Yeah. And it's difficult to see him not going to a big club, particularly if Aston Villa get relegated at the end of the season. And uh, Gabby Bogahol was saying that he thinks Grealish will stay put unless or until, I should say, Aston Villa do get relegated come the end of the season. Yeah, that yeah, that's what it hinges on for me. Mm. I, I can't. Nobody will drag him away in the first season. So you're talking this month, absolutely no chance. Mm. In the summer, when everything gets cleared out and we see where everyone is, if Villa are in the Championship, everyone knows he's far too good for the yeah. Championship. He practically got Villa promoted by himself. Really, he was the main man in that mm. uh, in that team when they came up through the playoffs. Um, Does he feel like a Man City player? I though? think he feels like a Man United player. Yeah. Mm. United need midfielders. City don't. United are willing to pay, you know, decent fees to get players. Um, he's the type of player they need. Creative midfielder, puts a shift in, can play on the left or as a number eight or as a number ten. He's got versatility. He's got age on his side. It's it's for me. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, a tapping. It's, it? it's a shoe yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah, but they'll probably mess it up. They'll probably go try and go for Madison or someone yeah, instead. Who yeah. still would be a good player, but mm. will probably cost you more. Yeah. You've got a prize in away from potentially a Champions League team in Leicester who are going forward and 
it's easier to just cherry pick yeah. a, a, just, a relegated player if that happens. I just think he, he is destined for a big club. I could see him at uh, I could see him at you know Man City. I could see him in the Liverpool squad. I could see him at Tottenham. I could see him at you know uh, Man United. I think he, he's he's coming to a pivotal point because, like you say, he's twenty four years of age. His next move is going to be critical for for the success of his career because if he gets this move wrong, yeah, he's, he, he's been... going to be one of them guys who who's not got a lot of England caps, who's not won anything, yeah. um, and and I think he'll kick himself for that. But I think you know there is movement coming up in the midfields of of City and Liverpool, mm-hmm. uh, you know, over the next season or or two, uh, and I think that if Villa can survive, he might kind of want to stay around for another 12 months, you know, and, and see if one of the big, you know, the big two come in for him, really. The thing for Villa is, I suppose, right now they get 70 million quid for him. If they wait till they're relegated, they're probably going to lose 20 million quid off that. If we're going probably. by Lewis Dunk, worth 50 million. He's probably worth 100 million because <laughs> yeah. he's four years younger. Yeah. And Just imagine how much he'd be worth if he wore proper shin pads as well. Uh, <laughs> Andy Gray said at the weekend that uh, Gray, Grealish gets in the Liverpool team ahead of Wijnaldum and Fabinho. So... Don't know what you reckon about that. I reckon we don't even need to talk about Andy Gray. Yes. On the podcast. (laughs) Uh, I think that's it for Football Social Daily today. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you click subscribe if you want to get the next episode as soon as it's ready. That's subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's follow on Spotify. There'll be an equivalent however you listen to the shows. Thank you very much, Marley. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you. Cheers. We'll see you next time. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.